Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Oh. Oh. Guess I'm just a good man. Oh. Well, I'm all right. You are not Captain Kirk. You do not belong in charge of the Enterprise, and I shall do everything in my power against you. You know what the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with, do you understand who's in command here? Frequently appalled by the low regard you Earthmen have for life. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf-herder! Put a sock in it! And stop shouting! I'm not deaf! I got a bad feeling about this. It is somewhat stimulating. Welcome to SFP Now. Here is your host, Ian M. Collins. Okay, well, welcome to another exciting episode of SFP Now. A little bit later on, uh, we'll be featuring a really cool interview with Rachel Nichols from the uh, from from the hit showcase series. Um, is one of sci-fi series continuum. Uh, but first, we're going to go over, um, you know, a little bit of news of, of stuff that's actually been breaking over the past week. And now, last week in news. And uh, joining me is um, my good friend and uh, a co-editor of Sci-Fi Pulse.net, Ty Bodoni. How you doing, Ty? Hey, I am doing well. Thank you for having me on. I'm loving it. I'm oh. great. Oh no 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 worries no worries we got um we, you know oh man it's been it's been a big weekend for news and um, I think so you know and you know what I'd like to do a little bit later on after we've done news is maybe have you talk a little bit about uh you know some some of the things that went on at Galacticon as well so sure we could do that because I know that was a pretty big deal for us um, it was galactic that. yes <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think the I think the really really cool news, um, you know, and, and also uh, kind of sad news as well, yeah. is that it was actually announced over weekend that Matt Smith is yeah. now going to be leaving Doctor Who. Mm, um, I know the... many many a Whovian is upset now. I think. Mm. Oh, I, I actually probably know quite a few of them that are actually having a party, but I don't agree with. Them. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, so I mean, there's song like um, there's there's actually you know like in like in everything there's a there's a fringe community of the uh, Doctor Who fans yeah. that thought David Tennant was a be all and end all and didn't like it when Matt yeah. Smith took yeah. over and uh, but I met quite a few of them. He was good. I mean, I, I like him a lot, and I'm happy that he's going to be back in the you know the 50th anniversary episode. But you know, I think each one makes it their own. And I think Matt Smith has, has done that. I mean, he's obviously quite unique, a doctor. And, you know, he's got quite a following. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I think, I, I think I remember an email from you. You know, I like you. I was hoping he'd stick around for a while, to be honest with you. You know, I've kind of gotten used to him. But, yes, I did like David Tennant very, very much. But I like Matt Smith now, too, <laughs> you know. So, so, but we shall see who shall be regenerated. I like David Tennant, but I think that Matt Smith is the best of the new Doctor Who's. You know, I I, you know, I kind of think so too, to be honest with you. To me, he seemed he seemed to be the most alien 
um, and the most sort of like Doctorish, if you will. You know, if you if you look back to the classic series of Doctor Who, you know, sort of like uh, you know, Wingham Hartnell, Patrick Troughton, John Pertwee, right on up to Tom Baker, each of those actors brought something diff- you know different yeah, to it. But I agree. Each of those actors also kind of brought sort of like a little bit of an otherworldly alien quality to it, which yeah, kind of somehow yeah. went by the wayside. And yeah, I, I, I think Matt Smith brought that back. I, I, I think he did. I think he was uh, he his unique you know way of being the doctor you know uh, works and uh, you know he 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 is a bit alien in the way he does things. I mean they've all been quirky, which I think is part of being Doctor Who. But um, yeah, I like the way he's done it as well. To be quite honest with you, I mean it's 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 a little over the top. But I think Doctor Who needs to be a little over the top, you know. I'm, uh, I've enjoyed him, and in a way, I, I, I like him the best of the of the of the recent Doctors. But hey, he's leaving. Uh, we shall see what the. I mean, the next Doctor really is going to have some big, uh, you know, uh, a big sonic screwdriver to fill in. If you follow my 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 drift, I mean, to follow David Tennant and then Matt Smith. Uh, wow. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, so like, um, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what what next doctor's uh, thing you would be with Matt Smith yeah. with bow ties and hats. Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind. You know what? I've always thought. Well, I know you got to make it your own and what have you. But wouldn't it be nice if 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 the next doctor uh, picked up something that he'd used in the past? You know, I don't know. The scarf is like the first thing I think of. Um, and on the one hand, no, you don't want to do that. Because, but on the second hand, why not? I mean, sometimes I go through my closet and I see something that I've always loved that I haven't seen for a long time, and I use it for a week or two. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, I mean, it might kind of be nice if you did something like that. But, yeah. I mean, who, who knows? I'm, uh, my money is on something totally new. He's going to have his own look. And, uh, I, you know, and, and there's no scuttlebutt yet, right? As any, There's no rumors yet mm-hmm. as to... Anyone at all? I remember hearing something about um, cumber cumber bun. Uh, no, 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 no. Cumberbatch won't do it. Um, yeah, they, they yeah. Won't, you know, they won't cast Cumberbatch. He's he's in another big BBC show, and uh, yeah, he, and that's current. That's still yeah. So that's yeah. not going to be him. It, it wouldn't be him. He'd oh. be a great doctor potentially, but I think he'd be a better master, to be honest. A what? I, I think he'd play the master, do a better job of playing Oh, the yeah, you're right, on the heels of Khan. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the only school book I, I, I've heard is um, I actually caught, uh, caught a brief glimpse of an, of an article in The Sun at the beginning of the week, which yeah. is alleging that the BBC are considering, considering a woman for the choice Ooh. of the next Doctor. Um, which always wow. happens. They always run this story. But right at the beginning of the year, there was actually an online petition uh, going on to uh, get Sue Perkins, who's actually a TV presenter here in the UK. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. she's she's sort of like uh, she's quite slim. She wears her hair in a bob and she wears sort of like uh, glasses. And she's kind of like got she's she's got her own unique style and look to right. her sort of thing. You'd have to. <laughs> But I can't see it happening, to be honest. Uh, I can't see them casting a woman because, you know, you've already, you've already had the Time Lady. You've had Romana. So it's already been established that, you know, that, that Time Lords do have the fairer sets. And, hmm. and I just can't see, I just can't see, you know, a Time Lord regenerating across, across, across the sets. Is. You know, I don't know. I, 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 you know, it's 2013, and why not? You know, I say, I say, why not? I mean, it'd definitely be a bold move. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, Sonic. Um, I, I think I think it'd be more fun if uh, if the net stocks was just a crossdresser. <laughs> you know what? I don't. You know what? That's actually not a horrible idea. And or and or you know uh, a homosexual. Why not? You know, um, I think it's it's high time that. Uh, I mean, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it is legal for uh, in the UK for folk for for. Um, the GLBT community can marry, correct? In uh, in, in in England. Okay, well, that was just that was actually passed through the uh, through recently in the House of Commons, but it's actually not being passed through the House of Lords yet. Oh, I so, see. Um, I see. But it, I mean, if it's, it's passing, and the point is, it's a big issue here. It's a big issue everywhere. I and I, you know, if you ask me, uh, and this is just me personally speaking, this is not the view of sci-fi polls, but uh, uh, you know, it's 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 one of the last forms of discrimination, at least in the states. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, if you you know, marriage is a constitutional right, yet you can't do it if you're the same sex. I don't agree. Um, and so why not? Why couldn't he be? Why couldn't he be uh, a crossdresser or, or uh, you know, uh, someone from the GLBT community? That would be mm-hmm. awesome as well, I think. And uh, let's hope they are bold enough to make such a move. Well, as I've, I've always said, uh, marriage is an institution, and I'm just way too young to be institutionalized. But there you go. <laughs> Um, and that's another view, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, there, you know, there's actually a little bit of reaction to Matt Smith leaving from Jenna Louise Coleman, and this is what she said in, in response Ooh. to his leaving the new companion. She says, I could not have imagined coming into the show without Matt as my doctor holding my hand, really quite right. literally. I totally walked out in having a creative. I totally walked out in having a creative, generous, clever, and lovely fella to work alongside day after day. Coleman said, "I feel so privileged to have been part of Matt's reign, to have been companion to what is and what I think always will be one of our greatest doctors." He's mm-hmm. so in love with the show. He works tirelessly, tirelessly hard. Surprises me every day always creating and discovering something new about the Doctor, a true gent, a needing man, and a very special friend. Mm, that's really nice of her to say. Yeah, anyone think he's died? <laughs> it was kind of like a eulogy, wasn't it? It was. Now, when is he... I, he's leaving after the Christmas special? I think, it, I think he will regenerate in the Christmas special. In the Christmas special. So yeah. is that another half a season, or no, just the 50th anniversary, the Christmas special, and that's it? Uh, just the 50th anniversary, the Christmas special, and apparently uh, I want, you know, it was, you think he could have held out another season. We just kind of got used to the guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny, actually, because, it, you know, someone actually saying online before that is, a, that is only done, that is done four seasons. He's not. He's done three. It's just yeah. that they, they split the seasons in half. But to be honest, um... Most most of the original Doctors, with the exception of Tom Baker, stuck around only for about three seasons. I see. You know, so. Well, you know, I, I would think that from an actor's perspective that perhaps, you know, you don't want to go too far because then you're only known as the Doctor and, you know, and, and, and perhaps they're thinking about their career. I mean, I can only imagine that being the Doctor is going to be great for someone's career, but I guess the question is, is staying the doctor bad for your career? So I mean, maybe you know everyone and or and or Matt Smith is thinking, hey, it's time for me to move on. I mean, you know, Dave Tennant is uh, he's doing a lot of other stuff, good stuff too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, hey, well, listen, that fiftieth anniversary special and Christmas special better be the cat's meow. I mean, it better be the a great <laughs> two. We have two more, I guess, episodes, so to speak, with uh, Matt Smith. So. 
Uh, mm-hmm. we, everyone better make the most out of them, I suppose. And we will probably know who the new doctor is um, towards, yeah, the, towards, towards, towards the end. Towards the end of the summer, I, I get at yeah. least because they they. Well, have the rumors start. are going to start flying any time now. I would think. Mm, there's quite there's quite a few there's quite a few uh, people that that that, uh, that the tabloids are uh, quite fancy. Uh, one name mm. that's come up that I quite fancy for it is Damien Maloney, um, who played the, he played Howard the Vampire in the. Uh, Final two series of the UK show Being Human. Being Human, right, yeah. right, right. And um, he 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 could be quite good because you know he played a rather quirky vampire, so you know he, you know he might be quite good. But talking about moving on um, and kind of moving on from Doctor Who on on a very Whovian note, I've just actually read that. Um, Karen Gingham, who who played Amy Pond, um, she's she's gone and grown up now, and she's um, she's actually being cast um, as one of the villains in the new Marvel film Guardians of Galaxy. Oh yes, and I'm uh, I'm hoping that's going to be a good one. And I'm actually I've been on the look for some Guardians of the Galaxy news. There hasn't been all that much. I guess the question would be. What role would she play, huh? I don't know, but I think before we started recording, you said that she could she could be playing Gamora. Well, I mean, if you, if we look at the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know what female roles are there? And right off the top of my head, the only female in the Guardians of the Galaxy currently is Gamora, the assassin, the green, uh, you know, green lady Gamora. Um, uh, I, I don't believe in the old Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think there was a female. Now, you know, Marvel, um, uh, the, the, the movie side of Marvel, they, they, they have, you know, they take good creative license. So, I mean, they could do anything. I mean, I could see her being, come on, you, you, you and I are, are, are very creative people. I could come up with any one of a number of things. I'm not a producer at Marvel, but, you know, she could be a, a part of the Nova Corps. She could be some human, girl who gets caught up in the whole thing you know mm-hmm. she's maybe the love interest of because the the uh, half human half alien star child is going to be is a uh, uh, star lord so who knows maybe it's her sister it's her love interest so she's either going to be some human girl along for the ride who plays some love interest or the damsel in distress or she's going to have some meaty role such as, you know, something like Gamora. I just, I, I don't know any other female character associated with Guardians of the Galaxy uh, other than Gamora. But, you know, I mean, who knows what they'll do, right? But, I mean, and that's all speculative. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to bring uh, my good friend uh, Darth in to uh, comment on this. Awesome. I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> Who, whose father is he? I don't know. Okay, whatever. <laughs> ah, the, the force is strong in that one, I see. <laughs> Damn, this guy has a 20 a day habit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, moving off the news, um, and, uh, to, you know, go, going on to conventions a little bit, because uh, you was at Galacticon uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was in Houston, Texas, Galacticon. Galacticon 3, to be precise. Yeah. Um, it was done with in conjunction with Comic Palooza. Mm-hmm. And I believe that um, Sci-Fi Pulse uh, gave out an award and used part Sci-Fi of Sci-Fi Pulse did indeed, Ian, yes. It was, uh, we had quite a role to play. And, and I got to tell you, what an amazing... Uh, we, we did a good job. We had the pleasure 
of, uh, 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 and, and I was our presence there, um, of hosting. Now, we're in Houston, Texas, of course. Houston, Texas has a very large Hispanic population. And uh, in talking about the show with one of the main show promoters and the president of the, the uh, Battlestar Galactic fan club, Sean O'Donnell, we were trying to brainstorm, and, 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 and he had said, you know, something to, to, to cater to the, the Spanish, uh, you know, a fan base, you know, might be a great idea. And so, you know, both of us came up with, you know, Hispanics in, in, in science fiction. Um, and, uh, you know, my hope of hopes, of course, was that, you know, knowing that Edward James Olmos is, is a very big proponent of, of the Spanish culture, my, I, I, I had just hoped that the seed would, would, would grow, and sure enough, it did. And we had the pleasure of awarding Edwards Dame almost with, uh, along with Galacticon, and, and both of our logos were a beautiful glass award, absolutely gorgeous, uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award in Science Fiction and Media. And then we uh, also had the pleasure of having on the panel Isai Morales, who, uh, I mean, uh, really great actor and uh, also uh, alumni to my same high school, the School of Performing Arts in Manhattan. And he was the lead on Caprica. Um, and he was the attorney, Adama, that everyone always talks about. And he was actually Adama's father, uh, 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 Commander Adama's dad. So uh, I had the pleasure of, uh, uh, of hosting the two of them. We awarded uh, an Outstanding Achievement Award to, um, to Isai Morales. And, and then, you know, I, 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 was, I was fortunate enough to uh, know, to, to, to just moderate, and, to, and I knew when to be quiet. Let, let's just put it that way, because those two guys took that panel and made it absolutely amazing. Uh, it, you know, it was, it was obvious that they had a, have a passion for the role of the Hispanic uh, in culture and in, and in media, as well as in science fiction. And, uh, you know, the parts one and two of, uh, Hispanics inside and science fiction, uh, with, uh, you know, Edward James Olmos and Isai Morales are on a line right now on Sci-Fi Pulse. And, uh, uh there's at least going to be a part three this week and maybe even a part four because that was a pretty long panel, mm. I gotta say. Um, but amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, on the one hand, awarding them and well-deserved were the awards, but on the other hand, then listening to them speak was, well, it was really, I gotta be honest with you, not only the highlight of the show, but it was one of the highlights of my career as it, as it were, or as it is, uh, because I was, you know, I, I was able to sit right next to them, you know, and, and uh, interact with them, and they were both gracious. I, I could go on and on. It was just absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And yes, Sci-Fi Pulse did a did, did did a very good thing, and we we, we were able to to be part of uh, just something that was great, man. And I, and I can't tell you how amazing it was. Please read the article, reread the article, everybody, uh, because those guys are funny too. As deep as they had gotten, it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking about it now. But anyway, oh yeah. my gosh, it was so amazing. Great yes. show too. Galacticon was also a lot of fun. Almost everybody was there. I mean, not everybody, but there were plenty of celebrities there. And, uh, I mean, everything about the con was fun. Before the con, during the con, at night, you know, in the hotel, which is right across the street. Uh, I, I can remember Friday night, 
uh, Isai Morales, Richard Hatch, and and Kathy Coleman, who was ho- Holly Marshall in Land of the Lost. She was even there. Damn, great lady. Um, and 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 the three of them, along with just a score or more of of fans and attendees, just sitting and occupying most of the bar, singing practically the entire Beatles catalog. I mean, you had to be there. It was absolutely amazing, though. Really, really, really something yeah. else. So, I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about that show and about just that. And I made some great friends. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I could know, go on and on, and I think I'm, I'm probably monopolizing our... You know, <laughs> our, if I was a, if I would have been there, I probably would have bought the guitar and played, played a... Oh, played, my gosh. Played oh, a little bit of Medi-B. That would have been great. Um, but, yeah, the, um, you know, when you're talking about Hispanics in sci-fi, well, you know, it's got to be said that you know Hispanics in 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 general popular culture um, have, have come a hell of a long way because uh, you know yeah. I was actually um, watching an old episode of Chips and you know I think I think Eric Estrada was kind of one of the first and foremost. Oh yeah, I know you're not wrong. Hispanics you're not wrong. Yeah, but, he was a strong lead early on. Yes, that's true. But you know I was watching. But this he was ep- still number two to the white guy. <laughs> yeah, but you know I'm I'm, I'm mentioning this episode. I'm mentioning Chips for reason because um it's somewhere towards the end of the first season there's an episode where it's kind of like it's told in flashback and it's about how the uh, white guy meets punch and whatnot and um <laughs> guess who happens to be a guest that that uh, in that episode yeah wasn't it, what is it wasn't it edward james almost yeah it was edward james almost and, yeah and yeah, also yeah, yeah. i watched an old episode of fame um a few 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 weeks back I yeah. found it on YouTube. I was just curious to see it again, and it was just you know it, it, it's not dated very well at all. Yeah, no, it's it not. has to be said. Um, although I still fancy Debbie Allen uh, as she was back oh, then. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, the, the, this this particular episode had Issei Morales in. Yes, it did. And foot. what's really interesting is. That's the very school he graduated from. I know, you know and, uh, and I actually read that um, in his bio, and I thought yeah. well, that's kind of ironic. You know, we saw him yeah, graduate yeah. from that school, and he ends up going, he ends up sort of like uh, you know shooting an episode, but yeah. the episode yeah. that he shot would have been in Los Angeles because they did all going to out and right, so. right, right. But it's um, it's just sort of like a, it's it's really cool how how Hispanics in pop and culture have come on because sort of like uh, back in the seventies and and eighties, it was still by and or playing sort of like uh, street folks or, yeah, or, or, yeah. or cops, but you know, yeah, absolutely. Isa Morales during uh, during the the Hispanics in, in, in science fiction, you know, as they're talking about how Hispanics have have come along, uh, you know, in media and what have you, he said, and and I, and I hope to get this right. But he said, you know, typically Hispanics have been portrayed in the media or in, in, in through Hollywood in, in what he called the four H's. And this, I'm sure I'm going to leave some of them out. But, uh, uh, you know, um, the, the four H's were, oh, see, I'm already, I'm already losing. But, I mean, it's in the article, and it's absolutely you know, hilarious. And one was a hormonal, you know, and, and that's where uh, they're like, ooh, mamacita, let me take you to Sikas Bar, you know. And the other one was like a hood, you know, hey, man, I'm going to cut you. And another one was uh, humble, like a peasant, you know, please help me to us, Mr. Gringo. You know, he was hilarious. I absolutely forget the third one, so the fourth one. So, I'm not, but I mean, 
It was really, really something. Oh, and it was, I think it was like a play on Ricky Ricardo, you know, uh, uh, um, just with, with, with Hispanic is always going crazy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he, he was, he, he really, uh, I gotta say, Issa Morales, he's, he calls himself an activist <laughs> instead of an activist. And, and, um, I mean, the two of them together, you put them together and let them start talking about, the Spanish culture and the role in in, uh, in 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 media and science fiction and boy they can just turn it on and and you know for the most part it makes a whole bunch of sense. He even uh, um, Edward James almost even spoke about um, his role in Blade Runner. You know, and <laughs> what he said in Blade Runner was was remember when uh, when uh, the his character the the, the cop. It's fine. Comes up to uh, Harrison Ford's character, the Blade Runner, as he's eating in the beginning, and he says something to him. Well, <laughs> what he said was actually Hungarian for big horse dick. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. He said so. Anybody who was Hungarian or in Hungary, apparently, it played really, really well. Everyone absolutely loved it. But the point there was, he he said he says that he told Ridley Scott. Uh, listen, in the future, Asia and, uh, is going to be a really big influence everywhere, and people are probably going to speak many, many languages. So this Hispanic cop is probably going to speak Asian, and he's going to speak, uh, I think what he said, they called it city speak, and every good cop spoke it kind of thing. And so that's what he was speaking, apparently, was city speak. But in actuality, it's Hungarian. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when he gave the translation, I mean, the crowd lost it. <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. Really great showmen, both of them. I mean, it was quite an honor to, to sit next to them, I got to say. Yeah, and so, you know, it's too bad we can't get him on, on, on the podcast as guests. Oh, man, gosh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe Esai, <laughs> you know, I got a couple of brownie points with him when he found out that I was from, uh, you know, that I was alumni. Alumni? I, you know, do stuff for each other, but I'm not promising nothing. I mean, when I asked him for a contact so that I could uh, send him, you know, any articles or what have you, he gave me his agent's number. So that, by the same token, you know, doesn't necessarily mean a thing. Mm, you never know. You never know. Um, hey, you never know. Hey, all they can do is say no. Let's ask. Yeah, well, that, that's that's so. Uh, that's why I always say, you know, the worst thing anyone can say is no, and if you say no, you move on. That's right. You know? But hey, we gave them some nice awards. They should say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I've still not seen any of these awards. I mean, I've seen a brief oh, glimpse of one. Well, actually, no. In the, uh, if you look at the article, um, uh, they're sitting in front of the awards. Yeah, but I can't see the, I can't see the awards up close because the photos. Oh, gotcha. There. Okay, I'm gonna, uh, I'll see if I, have, if I can find a picture. Really, really nice, though. They came out absolutely gorgeous. Okay, well, you know, it's been great. With every cubit. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's been great having you on, Ty, um, to discuss news and, and conventions. Um, I know you've got other conventions coming up in the next few weeks. I do, yes. Shore um, Leave is coming up in uh, Baltimore, and that's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have a presence there. Uh, and uh, Dragon Con is, is at the end of the summer, and, and which is probably the best show of the year, and we're definitely going to have a presence there as well. And there may be a few others that are slipping my mind right now, some smaller venues in Central Florida. Well, you know, it's been, been great having you on. and um, you know, Thank you for having me, my we'll, friend. We'll bring you on next week uh, to discuss news. Um, yes, same and back channel, yes. Now it's time to uh, move on to uh, our featured interview with uh, Rachel Nichols of... Awesome. When I found out my best friend had asthma... 
I read up on it so I could help him if he was in trouble. Yeah, and you know that as long as you keep working with your peak flow meter and taking your asthma medication, you can do anything I can do. Three hundred and forty-five thousand people to kill twenty. Of course, they deserve to be executed. Central, this is Cameron. I need backup. Advance, officer Cameron. Respond one. I'm separated from my team. I need backup. This is an experimental encrypted frequency. How did you find this channel? Who is this? My name is Alec. Alec, what year is this? It's 2012. No, it is not 2012. What year are you from? 2077. You were not from 2077. Well, I'd like to welcome uh, Rachel Nichols to the show, um, current star of a of um, a new hit show for both Showcase in Canada and Sci-Fi in both the UK and America. Um, how are you doing, Rachel? I'm very good. I'm very good. Thank you, Ian. Um, well, I guess the first question I've got off the bat is, um, how did you get involved with Continuing? And, and what, what actually attracted you to the role of Kira? Um, you know, it was kind of, it was a very sort of unorthodox and different way that I became involved with the show because I got the original script from a girlfriend of mine. And um, she she had a, one of her friends was casting the show and she thought of me and she uh, she sent me the script and I read it and within the first 10 pages, I thought, wow, wow, this show is really good, uh, really interesting, really smart. This character is unlike a lot of other characters you see on TV, especially for a lead female role. And um, so, you know, I sort of passed the script on to, to my team and, and we started to pursue it um, because it was something that we all felt very strongly about. And, uh, you know, I, I, I jumped through all the hoops and I went in and I auditioned and then, you know, you sat around and you get offered and then, I'm, then I moved to Canada. <laughs> In January of last year. Wow, um, is it is it cold? You know, was you was you originally from LA? I'm not. I'm originally from Maine, actually. Uh. So I'm I'm quite uh, I'm quite accustomed to the cold. Um, but yeah, but I've lived in LA for the past sort of nine years. So yeah, now I spend January to June in Vancouver, and then the rest of the year sort of in LA and. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's definitely definitely colder up here in Vancouver. It definitely rains a lot more here in Vancouver, but uh, I can't really complain. Sounds a bit like Manchester, <laughs> where no, I'm from. No, um, so that sounds like where I'm from. It rains a lot most of the year round, and it's cold. <laughs> yeah, it, it rains. You know, it rains from about I want to say November to April, and then you get some nice weather. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, you know, from what I was able to watch of the show last year, it pretty much sees Kira taken out of her comfort zone and thrown into into the past where the rules are different. Um, now we've got we've got a new season coming up, and I'm just wondering how do you think she she is adjusted to that change? You know, as things pick up in the second series. Yeah, you know, she's definitely you know the first the first season was very much about 
um, I've got to get home, I've got to get home, I've got to get home, I've got to get home. The second season is a lot about still she wants to get home, but she, she has to start realizing that her actions in, uh, in the present may have ramifications on everything that how the future turns out. So this, you know, for, for her, um, it's, it's a question of what she's doing in this time. So she, she's very accustomed now to the present day. Um, you know, you'll see there, there are certain occasions where she's, she's still learning, she's still learning new things or certain cultural references, um, don't land with her as much, but, um, it's, it's less so she's, she's, she's driving a car totally normally, you know, some of the things in the first season, um, she's obviously learned to navigate. She's getting a, a nicer apartment and she's becoming much more accustomed, not to say that she's becoming comfortable per se, but just sort of used to her surroundings and, and learning how better to operate in the present day aside rather than how she often operated in the future, which was rely on the tech. There's a lot more instinct involved this season as well. Um, and, uh, and the, the conscious choices that she's making, um, in this season, knowing that they may alter her future is one of the, one of the sort of larger mechanisms about her being, becoming accustomed to the present day is she's, yes, she's kind of used to being here now. Um, but she has to remember that she's not from here and, uh, she's got to stay cognizant of that all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, one of the features I loved about that first season was the, um, was, you know, how, you know, that, that particular suit you wore, which was, a uh, you know, I should imagine it probably took you about an hour or two to actually get that thing on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a it's a lengthy process and not one of the most attractive. But I, <laughs> you know, because uh, you know, my my girlfriend once once um, spent about a half hour putting some thigh high boots on once to go to a Halloween party. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's, um, a, it's a very I call it a very labor intensive outfit. <laughs> but one one of the things I I, used, I enjoyed about the series was the um, you know all, all the special effects that came up with the outfit. As in, we we kind of got like that the graphics for the visual display of what 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 Kira was actually seeing and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. Are we going to see more of that in the second series, or is that kind of like going a little bit by the wayside as things are actually changing in the past to change? the future no absolutely we have just as much of that this season there you know you still get your uh, your sort of uh, future flash forward to other you know obviously to the time where, where the cure came from um the effects and all of that is still is still very much a part um the hud the cmr it's all uh, it's all still very much a part of how she operates on a daily basis and you know there there's some um there are a couple new tricks that come out this season with the uh you know, a couple of new things that the suit can do that I didn't even know it could do because they, they never told me. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, those those sort of mechanisms will be very much a part of the second season as they were in the first because essentially they are what sort of defines her in, in, in her in her work world in 2077. And even though she is becoming accustomed to life in 2013, she, there's, you know, she, she's not going to forget where she's from. Mm-hmm. Without without giving too much away, what can you tell us about uh, the second season of, of the show? Um, because for many, for many, the season one finale was actually quite a jaw dropper. So I'm just wondering yeah. how, how much more escalation um, are we likely to see um, of the events from from last season's uh, you know final episode going into the uh, new season? Well, 
Well, you know, it's really interesting. A lot of the relationships are, are changing because of the last episode of last season. Um, uh, you know, Alec received a message from, from his future self, and nobody really knows all of it in its entirety at the end of season one. Um, and, and Alec is very concerned with who he becomes. His relationship with Kira in season two um, it definitely sees its, its a side of strain. Um, her relationship with Carlos also definitely sees a side of strain since he, he's not an idiot and she's running out of excuses and saying it's complicated or I got lucky is, is, um, is, uh, he's not buying it anymore and it's becoming increasingly difficult for him to trust her. So see, at the beginning of season one, Kira's very much a, um, a, a lone wolf. She's essentially sort of gone rogue. And it's kind of what she wants to do because then she can take care of business as she sees fit without being confined by the rules and regulations of the police department. However, she's lonely, and it's it's a very lonely existence to be to be out on your own, kind of you know like that. Um, there's also a big uh, there's a big divide in liberate. The liberate factions um, are at odds with each other for a big part of the season, which provides a lot of um, interesting battles and fights and and uh, lying and deceit, which we all love. Um, and and there are you know there are some very sort of special, touching, emotional moments as well uh, in in season two. We meet Kira's sister. Um, Crazy Jason is back, played by Ian Tracy. Um, Nick Lee's character, Agent Gardner, he returns as well. And, uh, you know, um, Eric Newton's character has a love interest. Uh, we find out who Mr. Escher is. You know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things in season two that were sort of these little kernels in season one, um, which come to play uh, very much um, in, in the forefront of, of the show in the second season. So I, I tell people, most of, the, most of the questions you have in the first season will be answered, but for every question you get answered, Five new questions will pop into your brain. Yeah, that, that's 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 actually how you write a decent TV series by just doing that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Simon Barry. Yeah, um, that that that's that's nicely on to my uh, next question. Actually, last year I, I actually had the opportunity to interview uh, Simon Barry about the show, and uh, he and I talked uh, talked at, at quite 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 a bit of length about the uh, about the various cast members of the show. Uh, that have been in prior science fiction series, you know, people such as Netsa Doig and, uh, and of course, the very intense Roger R. Cross. Um, yeah. I, I'm just, you're just wondering, uh, how, how do you find uh, working with those people? And is there anyone that isn't in the series that you'd absolutely love to get involved in, in the series? Oh wow, that's a really good question. Um, I've I've always I you know sci-fi fans are are the best, and I I've not I mean obviously Lexa and, and Tony and even even Victor I believe was on another uh, sci-fi show as well. I, I think I'm the only one of the few people in the cast who was not previously on a sci-fi show, and um I and I and I and I love it. I I think it's great. Now I I was never we I we didn't watch a lot of TV growing up in my household. Um, and so the sci-fi genre, I, I've only really become familiar with it um, in the years, sort of that I've been that I've been working in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and I, I'm sure I'm like I'm sure that someone who's a gigantic, you know, Star Trek person would would have a fantastic suggestion because right now I'm like, oh, 
I think David Duchovny's attractive. Can we get him on the show? He was on the X Files. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the right person to answer that question. Sadly. It'd be quite interesting to get David Duchovny on there because you know, of course, you were you had William B. Davis uh, playing the older version of the of of your, of your computer hacker friend. Um, oh, that would be brilliant! So I would love that. Plus, but I've heard that he hates Vancouver, so I don't know if we'd be able to get him up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick Lee, his whole Nick Lee, who's on the show, plays Agent Gardner, was also on the X Files for a while, so they could hang out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Continuum sees you doing a hang of a lot of physical work with all the gunplay and fight sequences and um, and what have you. Uh, do you do do you do, do, you do um, a lot of your own stunt work on the show? Absolutely, I do. As as my, now, I have a lovely and amazing um, um, stunt double um, that I use on this show named Monique, who I adore, and she has doubled me before. But I will do I will do as much of it as I can. I will learn all the fight sequences. I will do them all. Um, obviously there are certain angles or there are certain things that, that, uh, she's better at or looks better or, you know, I've done, Kira's had a couple fight scenes where she flies through glass windows and breaks tables and, and, and that's not going to be me because if I get hurt, then we're all in trouble. But I love the physical roles, um, keeps me in shape, keeps me on my toes, looks really sort of badass when I see it all cut together in the episodes of the of the show and uh yeah i do as much as they let me mm-hmm. and as much as time as much as time provides um obviously um you know you're not always dressed in the um, dressed in the futuristic um you know suit but you know i should imagine if you're doing stunt work or anything like that, that that'd be pretty tough to move in right actually i do have to give a lot of credit to the suit because it looks much more um, temperamental than it actually is. There's a lot of give to it. Now, it's, if you're if you're going to be working up a sweat in that suit, it's going to get really hot. But I will say, mobility wise, um, it's not as uh, as constraining as as you might think it would be. It's actually pretty flexible. Uh, what what sort of character growth would you like to see happen for Kira as the series evolves? You know, I think um, I, there are obviously there are a lot of things I'd like to see for her. But I would, you know, I'd like the, uh, the in the beginning of season one, you know, she comes from 20, 2077 and she's very, she's very much sure of who she is in 2077. And uh, she's very much sure that she's on the right side of the law and good versus evil is black and white and very straightforward. And then she comes back here and she, through, the, through season one, she realizes that and maybe everything is not so straightforward. And maybe, you know, maybe, although she doesn't uh, approve of liberate tactics, maybe seeing what 2012 looks like, she can understand why they started what they started. So as far as what I'd like to be for her, I would like to see some, some advanced, you know, sort of moral dilemma for her. I'd like to see maybe, you know, this is me wanting to play a bad girl. But, you know, uh, if she does go rogue or if she does have to... Um, there are a couple, there are a couple questionable episodes this season where she makes decisions or is about to make decisions that uh, 2077 Kira would never have thought of in a million years. I like the idea that Kira is tested constantly, um, because she's got these two, you know, she's got these two personas. She's got who she knows she was in 2077 and technically is, and then who she has to be while she's here in the present day. And that creates, um, that creates a lot of room for, for sort of storylines and, and moral questioning and self-observation and all those things that I find really interesting because 
you know, there is going to come a time where she's going to have to make a decision that I feel that she will know will end the future as she knows it, and therefore, uh, potentially, you know, her son will never be born, she'll never know her husband, she'll, you know, that, yeah, that idea of what future is she really going back to if she gets back. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see her have to answer some serious questions as far as what she chooses to do in the present day when she knows it, it might ruin the only family that she knows that she has in the future. Of course, there's also there's always a possibility in the series that you know she actually gets back to the future with Liberate and with all the stuff that she's learned in 2012 it kind of changes her approach to her work yeah absolutely I mean there is there there is that possibility that if she does go back then and and then they can see what the future has become and the time that they've they've spent in the and the president, if they have been able, to, or in, in 2012 and 2013, if they have been able to exact change, and and what is what is Julian doing, and has he changed, and who did Alexander really become, and did they change the world for the better? Did they not? There's, there's there is that opportunity there. Um, for right now, I'm 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 pretty sure Simon has enough has has enough storylines in his head to keep us in the in the present day for seasons to come. Cool. Um, as an actor, uh, do you actually have much say about your character's uh, arc? Um, in in as a um, you know, if if you if you see something in the script and kind of think it's out of character for Kira, um, I, I, are you I, are you comfortable enough? Um, in order to sort of like go go to Simon and say, well, you know, I'm not sure about this. Um, can can we maybe you know try it this way, sort of thing? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's one of the things that I that I love about the show, that I love about the writers on the show, that I love about Simon. It's the flexibility, and and we you know we had an episode that we just finished shooting a couple weeks ago where the first draft came out, and I said I. Ooh, I like the idea of some of this, but uh, I, you know, Kira, this is very sort of not like Kira or this. Maybe we can augment this scene in a way so she looks less like a crazy person. You know, they're definitely, they're, they're more than willing to, to work with everybody. I mean, we do big cast uh, read-throughs before we start shooting a new script. And everybody we talk after and we ask questions. And then if we have, you know, sort of more questions after that, we can talk to writers and and they're all very amenable to getting out the best script possible and making it the the best possible so that everybody involved is happy so yeah if there's something that doesn't ring true to Kira if there's a new writer who's taken a pass on an episode and and I feel if if there's something that's, that's inherently not her it's always a discussion it's always an you know an open conversation nobody gets mad nobody gets bent out of shape nobody gets their feelings hurt um, and then that, that's how we're able to make the best product possible and the product as good as, as the one that we make because it is so collaborative and uh, and everybody just gets along because we just want to make a good show. And at the end of the day, a good show needs to be made with the participation of everybody wanting to make a good show. And, and, and yeah, that, yeah, I'm proud to say that's, that's, that's what I think we do. <laughs> Well, I've enjoyed the show, you know, so like, um, I've, I've, not, I've not actually seen the whole first season yet. <laughs> but, uh, no you know, but I, you know, I think, I think I've seen probably up to um, episode six. Um, okay. And you know, well, you know, unfortunately, it's not enough time in the day to watch all these great sci-fi shows. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's just something you know. 
Um, my brother's seen the whole season, and he he actually loves it. He loved the show. He he kind of loved the way it ended um, in the first season. And um, you know, he saw like he actually rang me up when he see when he seen it. He said, "Have you seen the show Continuum?" I says, "Well, yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a few episodes of it." And um, he goes, "Well, you know, you got you got to keep watching it. Ring it get ring it gets better as it goes along." Ooh, I like your brother already. Can I hire him to do my PR? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad he watches. Please thank him. Uh, I will do. Um, but I, I'd like to thank you for your time. It's been great speaking to you. Absolutely, Ian. Thank you. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to so like, uh, try and watch the, uh, the remaining episodes uh, in so, so I can actually uh, catch up in time for Series 2 when it starts airing in a couple of weeks' time here. I would love that. I think, um, especially especially because I was just talking about the finale episode of season one, um, that uh, you, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm a big fan of my own show. It's something really dorky to say, I'm aware. But uh, I've watched every episode, and I'm watching them now as they, the season two premieres in Canada. So I would fully endorse you watching the rest of the episodes. I think you'll enjoy them. Uh, I, I will do. I'll, pro- I'll probably get to that. I'll probably make a weekend marathon of it or something, considering, you know, given that I've not really got much going on over weekend now. The only thing I'm doing tomorrow is... Um, you know, I've got a music class, and then I'm going to go see Star Trek. So. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's a, that's a busy weekend. You can get the you'll get your sci-fi fill this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to get my I'm going to get my full sci-fi fill this weekend. We got Doctor Who on Saturday, and that's a must-watch TV right there. <laughs> oh wow! All right, cool. Well, I haven't seen the new Star. It, it comes out this weekend. The new Star Trek, which already come out. Um, it's it's come out here in the UK. Uh, yesterday, come out in the UK. Sorry, today. Um, okay. I'm not sure about Canada, but um, I know that um, it's not uh, it's not going to be shown in America until next week. So, really? Yeah. So we, we we're we're actually getting it first in the UK. Much like we got Continuum before the US in the UK as well. Yes, I know. God, the US is so behind. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it actually makes it's, it's actually actually makes quite a nice change because uh, back in the day when when Star Trek: Next Generation was on, it was usually the UK that was about uh, anything from eighteen months to six months behind. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, you guys, you guys were you guys were overdue for uh, for getting something first. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. But I'd, I'd just be happy to get stuff on the same day. I know. I know. I. I there's a lot of um, friends in the US that are saying, wait, what do you mean continuum season two is already on in Canada? That's not fair. How can that be possible? And I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, wait for it to come on in June. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, it's actually made in Canada, so it makes sense for it to be on there first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just quite, it was just one of those things where I was like, what do you mean we just don't understand? How can it be on in Canada first, whether it's made here or not? Everybody thinks, oh, it should be on in the US first, but... You know, we're switching it up, so uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting when it when it goes other places first. But I did not know that about Star Trek, actually. Although I will definitely be mm. uh, be seeing that for sure. Yeah, we got Iron Man three first as well. <laughs> really? Oh God! See, I haven't I haven't had time to sort of sit back and watch any TV, so I legitimately have no idea 
uh, I haven't seen any ads for, for films, so I don't know where anything is or when anything opens, but apparently I've got a, uh, I've got a list of movies I've got to see at some point soon. Well, you know, I, I kind of know this stuff because, you know, we've run in the, we've run in the website and the podcast um, and everything else, so I've kind of got to know this stuff, so keep, so keep on talking <laughs> yeah. about it. You do have to, and that is kind of something that you have to know. Yep, it wouldn't really work if you weren't in the know, I guess. It, it's, kind, it's kind of a, it's kind of a job requirement. <laughs> Oh, don't, don't worry about it. I mean, you know, you 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 got a busy guy from learning all those scripts, and you know, um, <laughs> kicking all that ass and firing all those guns. Yeah, ah. and 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 uh, you know, repeatedly kicking all that ass, so so they can get the seventeen different camera takes. <laughs> oh yeah, that's always. <laughs> That's definitely it. My parents, my mom, the first time she ever came to set, she said, wow, that's an awful lot of takes. Are we moving on to the next scene? And I said, no, we're just turning around, which just meant going the other angle. She went, we have to do this all again. And I said, yes, mom, mm-hmm. we have to do this all again. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did a little bit of television back in the 90s. Um, so I, I I know what the drink is. And, the, you know, the one experience just kind of like put me off. and said, I don't want to ever do television ever again. <laughs> <laughs> just horrible. <laughs> uh, it just drove me nuts. He only did it once, and that that was you know once was just enough for me. Sort of thing. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, no. I mean, some takes you're doing, you know, take fifteen, take sixteen. Yeah. What happened with me is I knew my lines, yeah, but by the time we got to the fifth or sixth take, my lines started to just, like, just drop out because I was getting flustered because I didn't know about all, all this when when I went in. Um, oh, so, oh, okay, yeah, that would be that would be difficult. That, that would be very difficult. And that's kind of what put me off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I understand. <laughs> so, you know, when you, when you know your lines, and I'm thinking, oh well, you know, next time I probably I probably just won't bother to learn the script as much because there's a prompt to just sat across away from me anyway. So. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> It's a, t- it's a tough job. Somebody's got to do it. Aye. Uh, yeah, it's, it's why you get paid all the big bucks. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, f- thanks for your time. It's been, it's been great. Absolutely. And, Thank uh, you, Ian, very much. There's a war coming. How can you be so sure? Because we're going to start it. Premieres Sunday at 9, only on Showcase. The following demonstration will show you just how simple it is to use elementary first aid. First, make sure your patient is comfortable. Place the patient's forearm on a table, palm side up, and thoroughly... And that wraps up another exciting uh, episode of uh, SFP Now. Um, I'd like to thank, thank Ty for joining in and uh, helping us out at the, at the start of the episode. And also uh, thanks to uh, the lovely Rachel Nichols for, for agreeing to uh, have joined uh, joined us uh, for the interview on this episode. Um, just like to so I give you a heads up. Um, you know, remember Tuesday... Every Tuesday, we have uh, an episode of John Retainment coming out. So um, 
keep an eye out for that on our feed on Tuesday. Um, if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on iTunes by just tapping in a search for Sci-Fi Pulse Radio. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back right at you next week. So bye for now. We offer the world order.